Hey, and welcome to the Expansive Podcast. My name is Eric, and uh, I hope that you are doing well today. Today is a Sunday, and uh, it's kind of weird to timestamp these because you could be listening to this on a Friday, which seemed to be every day. Uh, that's uh, the philosophy of John. Every day is a Friday. <laughs> and uh, you could be listening yeah. to this way past, like in the future, and we are currently still in lockdown level four. So let's let's do timestamp that for everyone. And of course, mm. I'm on the other side of the... Uh, country not the world but just the country i have my ever elegant ever standing these days co-hosts mr john yes, Stone. Yes. john what's up eric uh kruger yes this is uh, farmer john here from the farm up in the mountains on in a new studio uh actually just turned my chalet into a bit of a studio so now i'm standing ordered myself a new computer which arrived in three days after i ordered it can you believe that's it? amazing my i that's unbelievable. Mm. It was actually shocked me. Anyway, yes, I am standing now because I, I've realized that sitting for so long, working and doing all my talks, sitting just wasn't wasn't conducive. So mm. now I've set up my studio so I can sit and stand. So yes, I'm coming here standing. And you're right. You know, it is it is uh, it is good to time stamp it. Uh, also to let people know that we work on Sundays, which is always a great thing to <laughs> tell people how hard we work. No, but um, we're having fun, really. But um, Blur's Day is the day it is. Blur's and uh, it's the 94th of April, Mayish. <laughs> and really, you know, time has lost its all its 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 inherent structure mm. that we used to have, you know. And um, I think not traveling has shown that many people are much more productive without that travel. And also we are in half an hour time zones on Zoom these days, having half an hour meetings. So, you know, everything's warping. Um, and I'm so glad that it is because we are able to redesign a new paradigm within the mm. constructs of what we believe time to be such a concrete thing. And it's not really. So yes, here we are, uh, recording another podcast, which I always am so happy about and always so look forward to because we always have a good two hour chat before the podcast <laughs> starts, <laughs> which we always put it in our calendar for an hour, but it ends up to being a three hour episode. So yeah, today we're talking about something that I think is really hot topic. And uh, about the changing business world. Mm. And I think it's something that both you and I, Eric, can share some of our lessons, uh, experimentation and trials and tribulations of success and failure. Um, but before we get stuck into the SME world and the world of networking and personal branding, how has your week been? I know you've had a thinking week. Yeah. Tell us about what just happened. And yes. I'll also give my comments on that. I think it's a, you know, it's, it's a great topic. It's actually that we re-recording it because we recorded the previous time, but I think now's an even better time to record it because we've spent so much time redesigning our own businesses. And one of the things that came up for me was to do a facilitation that lasts for an entire week. And I dubbed it Think Week after Bill Gates because he does this thing where he goes away twice a year and all he does is think for the week. And it just struck me that we so often get lost in performance, in the do, in the going. And very often what that leads to is we end up somewhere we didn't want to be. And if we only stopped for a moment just to reconsider our values, our attachments, our beliefs, we could actually steer our lives in a much more meaningful direction. And so that's what Think Week is all about, is an entire week where we spend an hour a day and we take our thinking through different filters or look at it through different filters. And you were past the, a part of the first cohort. Uh, so we just finished. It was a phenomenal week, dude. Uh, I loved every second of it. Uh, very challenging at times. Um, definitely pushed me to th rethink a lot of how I do things. But it's been amazing. How was it uh, for you sitting on the other side? Highly average. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Listen, it was unbelievable. Um, 
two things. Um, obviously, you're a much better workshopper than me, and I've realized that it's a skill I need to pick up. So you very generously uh, allowed me, and I forced my way into your first cohort. <laughs> Um, so which I'm not leveraging to be a part me. of your cohort, so it's all it's all good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all good, all good. Uh, look, we come at we come at the world from such different perspectives, and I think that's what makes us good partners in what we're doing. Um, but I learned a lot from you on two levels. One, um, obviously, the, the 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 structure of the week, seeing how you did things, seeing how you did things, um, and then. The second part of it was actually being a participant in Think Week, which gave me this incredible opportunity um, to rethink a lot of my old stories. And mm. given the time and effort and, and, and sort of uh, commitment that we do to these things really always give us a fantastic outcome and an outcome that we never expected, which I think is just the most beautiful thing is that I remember telling my mom ages ago and I gifted her and my dad coaching sessions um, many years ago. And she said to me, I don't need coaching. Everything's fine. I'm like, yes, mom, everything is fine, but they can be better. Mm. And you don't know they can be better unless you actually take the leap of faith into committing to time, money, effort to go into that. So I think we surprised me in the outcome of it. And I can't recommend it highly enough because it's the second best course on the internet uh, to <laughs> well, my cohort, <laughs> my week. <laughs> Which doesn't exist yet. So I'm still claiming spot number one. <laughs> yeah, so like you obviously inspired me. You've inspired me to put together my own week called Future Preparedness Masterclass. And exactly the same format as you, because I think it's a wonderful format. One hour a day uh, in the morning to start your day uh, thinking about the future. You you wanted to do it about thinking, which whichever way, obviously, with that future. But mine's got more of a futuristic mm. twist to it, uh, obviously, because of the research and the stuff I do. So I'm looking forward to kicking that off um, on the 1st of June and uh trialing it you know mm. so also like figuring out my way through it and uh, this is this is adaptation right this is learning something new mm. i saw the panic in your eyes on friday when like, nothing was working <laughs> with your zoom and your and your presentations and like trying to fix it while everybody's watching you so i mean <laughs> i was laughing but joe yeah. that's that is what it is you know what i mean Listen, I'm bookmarking that uh, so that I can also see the fear in your eyes on uh, the 1st of June. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm different to you. I have Anita on the back end. I have, a, I have two or three people behind me because I'm not as tech savvy as you are. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I'd rather have some much smarter people doing the tech for me. <laughs> Listen, but yeah. um, if people want to check out Think Week, they can go to modernbreed.team forward slash think dash dash week mm. uh, if they want to get yeah. to future preparedness how do they get uh, more info or enroll for it well they just have to email hello at johnsone.com i haven't set up i'm actually changing my whole website now because of everything that's going on so it's just a major overhaul of everything so i'm not as quick as you you've got modern breed up already which is again such a fantastic name um but yeah future preparedness uh, you can oh, social media man get hold mm. of me via social and i'll send you all the details but soon enough i'll be on our website and uh, also be its own standalone course eventually just like yours mm. amazing brother mm. listen and I, you know i always say this but i really appreciate the journey that we were walking together and we are we are so similar in many of the things that we do and so vastly different but i think what's been interesting is 
we've been very closely aligned for the past couple of weeks in what we are trying to build. And even though our lives will look very different, I think a lot of the things that we are doing look very much the same. Um, they just bring our own flavor to it and our own level of expertise to it. So maybe that's a good segue as well, you know, speaking about how we've gone about changing some of the things that we do to answering this question for Adele. So, uh, you, do you have a question lined up? Yes. Do you remember more or less? So Adele, Adele Griesel uh, is her name. I've never met her, but uh, she's a social media friend and uh, somebody who's very enthusiastic about the world and runs a bunch of different Facebook groups. And I always enjoy her comments. So Adele, hi, thank you so much for the question. And she made a post on social media. She said, what does the future of SMEs look like? And uh, how, what are your tips or sort of ideas around networking and growing your network? And I thought it was a great question. Like we started off with is that, look, everybody's in turmoil. And it's not just the people who are unfortunately unable to put food on their plates. It's big landlords who don't have retailers coming back. It's banks that have got all the foreclosure of all the loans that are not getting paid. It's you and me letting go of all the income we had in events. I mean, this is everybody, mm. right? So SMEs are only part of the paradigm shift. So I think the first thing I'd want to say for that is don't victimize yourself. It's everybody. It's like, you know, whether you're a CEO, a SHMEO, or a cafe owner, it's everybody's in the same thing, right? Mm. So let's first like release ourselves of, oh, poor me, the SMEs. Mm. It's everybody. Mm. Okay, so that's the first thing. Anything you want to kick off with no, before no. we get stuck into it? I'm quite happy to continue with that. Um, I, I'd agree with that first point. So let's carry on. Well, look, okay. I mean, the other thing for me is, is exactly what you and I have been saying for ages is we now live in a borderless world. It's borderless. And the concept of an SME is that it's localized, is that it's small to medium because I'm not thinking or seeing myself want to have something bigger mm. because the old way of building a business was linear in fashion. If you wanted to grow, you needed to build a new shop. If you wanted to grow, you needed to hire a new staff member. And so, of course, many people would shy away from the concept of, oh my God, I don't want that much responsibility. I don't want to have 15 shops, 85 staff. That's all that it's a mission. So obviously we would then release of, 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 of put ourselves away from the pressure of growth because of the, the drama or the admin or the just the hard work. Mm. So now we don't live in a linear world. And now we live in a digital, not borderless, global village. So now the concept of SME must be thrown out because it, you can't think small. There's no point thinking small because if you're able to access 4.8 billion people right now on the internet, why are you thinking small? So let's get away from the paradigm of own, I need to own a shop to sell a product, you can become a shop owner, but also a vlogger, but also a blogger, but also a, you can be multi-adaptive. Like I saw this guy who bakes bread in um, Poland, but now he's a vlogger. He mm. teaches other people to bake bread. He's got a recipe book. Mm. He does one-on-ones with people. He, but he's still a baker. He's just not an SME. He's a modern business uh, perspective human being. Mm. So I think that's the most important thing I can say is the philosophy and the paradigm of the business model itself has to be questioned. Mm. You know, um, when I, when I speak to people around teams at the moment, leaders around teams, the, one of the first things I try to get them to think about is where their own resistance lies. And I think where, mm. where a lot of that plays up for us is we have this idea of the future 
and the old model said, cool, let's decode that into what does today need to look like for me to get there. And the problem is that people are still so attached to that future that they are unable yeah. to think what, how does today look any different from how it did before? Yeah. So great, great said. The only way you actually reimagine or redo today is by letting go of that future as well. So you're letting go of blame and victimhood, but you're also letting go of a future so that you can encode, create something better starting today. And so partly I think what that means is also we have to better start understanding ourselves again. And hasn't this been a great period for clarity and understanding? Like, like what is it that we really want? Um, like very small, but side tangent. Have you been waking up very early in the morning? Like what is your, how's your morning routine changed from before? Um, it's a little bit later actually. Yeah. Mine is a little bit later because it's not as early anymore. And what does later look I'm like? Sleeping in a bit more. Oh, it used to be at five. Now it's at six. Yeah. Six thirty. And the same has happened yeah. for me. And I think yeah. what's, and it's been quite liberating because the, the yeah. five o'clock wake up is tied to a super busy day, lots to get done. Yeah. And, and so it's letting go of that future to redesign today. And even mm. in the way that we like wake up in the morning, you know? Um, yeah. Well said. So, so that's been a big thing for me is like, can you let go of that? And then once you are able to do that, only once the attachments are gone, are you able to explore can you reimagine? blogger yeah. and vlogger and yeah. Instagram? Yeah. yeah. But also, dude, and I mean, I think you're much better positioned to speak to this, but I don't think any, every person needs to be the most innovative and game changing, like business person ever. Right. Like no. some of us just want to run our business and we just want to make more money and we just want to look after our families. Not everyone wants to yeah. change the world and come up with a new innovation. Yeah. So yeah. do you think everyone really needs to be pushed into, into redesigning everything they're doing, including their business and everything else? Well, look, I, I, it's a good point because, you know, one of the things that people say to me when I speak about leadership is that first, let's realize that not everybody wants to be a leader. Mm. <laughs> let's just start there. <laughs> we don't have to push everybody to be a leader. Stop it. Some people just want to chill and that's okay. And so what we've got to realize is that it's not so much about wanting to change the world or wanting to be that key innovator. It's about how do you take your very unique signature of expertise, speciality, curiosity, excitement, and then how do you become multi-adaptive and how you get it to the world? Mm. That's the new version of a business mm. because that is going to be the future. You know, you can only sell so many pieces of bread at your bakery. Hey, what else are you going to do? Because mm. ultimately, if you only bake 50 breads a day and that's how much money you make and then that's it and there's no more past that, that's definitely one way to go about doing it. But it doesn't give you freedom. It doesn't give you movement. It doesn't give you ability to be speaking to people around the world. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that artisanal way, but then film it. Put mm. it in a book and mm. put it out there. And so what you do is you expand yourself into global ideology. You know, my mom is an excellent baker and I keep telling her because, you know, she's got guest houses, right? So I'm in one of them right now. And obviously tourism's dead. Like there's nobody coming. Mm. You're not allowed to. So now what if she had a YouTube channel that showed how she made her bread? Because every time I post anything on social media about her bread, I get 15 messages. Recipe, please. Mm. I'm like, mom, do you not see him? My mom's like, nah, I'm, I don't want to do that. And look, she's 70 years old, right? So yeah, she doesn't want it. But the rest of us, like, 
Yes, you've got to think past and bigger. So my mom, my mom's not panicking, but if she was in a situation where she was panicking and she hadn't expanded her, 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 her modern perspective on the world, I think uh, she could be in trouble, but she's not. I mean, she's financially okay, but mm. I'm saying other people, you know, people that are panicking about their SMEs, you know, there's many new ways to go about doing it. You know? Yeah. Um, while you mentioned YouTube, I saw an amazing uh, channel the other day. It was actually promoted by Casey Neistat. Um, it's yeah. a channel called Dad, How Do I? And it's essentially this, this father uh, who's filmed yeah. like, how do I unclog a drain? How do I change the tire in a car? For kids who don't have fathers. Yes, I saw how beautiful is that. How amazing. Oh, how beautiful. Um, and they, you know, he's not making money. Yeah. He's only making money off YouTube from ads. So he's not making money mm. from people watching it. He's making money in a different way. But isn't that such a beautiful, beautiful example of well, of you know, like following what is um, like what, what guides you at a much deeper level, like that, the, the purpose or the excitement that you always speak about? Um, and then yeah. I also wanted just to latch on to what you were saying about the expertise. You know, Nassim Taleb is one of my favorite authors and we've spoken about anti-fragility quite a bit and like yeah. it's a, a concept that we both resonate with. And I saw the other day he said something because someone called him a polymath and he said, I'm not a polymath. Yeah. I'm really good at one thing or two things. It just so happens that those things also lie at the core of other things. Yes. And, oh. and that's a good way to think about it as well, you know, because if you're a business owner and you're in the bakery business, what what set of skills and what is your at the core of your expertise that also translates to something else? That's a great way to think mm. about it. Don't you think? I like that. Yeah. Do you have an example? Um, like, I like that. Top of mind, I think he was saying, for example, he's great at math. But it just so happens that math then also translates economics to investing and, in economics. And yeah. Right, yeah. right. So I think that was his example. Wow. You know? And I okay. mean, if I think of myself, for example... Um, I think one of the things that makes me really good is the ability to synthesize content and give it to people to interact with in some sort of a way. And how does that translate to discipline, different disciplines? It could be in leadership. It could be in strategy. It could be in small workshops. It could be in keynotes. So your mechanism of delivery changes, I guess. Well, that's, you've just said the nail, the hit the word on the nail, uh, the nail on the word. <laughs> hit the nail on the head. My God. <laughs> I got four things in one I was trying to say there. Okay, so all four of them, you hit the nail on the head, and you, that's the word you want to focus on. Uh, I've forgotten the word that you focused on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh my mechanism God, of delivery. Somewhere. Was it that one? That's a mechanism <laughs> of delivery. <laughs> okay, so look, if we just break that down, mechanism of delivery. Now, that's it is the mechanism of delivery has changed. Mm. And so now we have more options of mechanism of delivery. Mm. And so what we have to do is become focused on that. So yes, if you've got a bakery, keep baking, but you have new mechanisms of delivery. Mm. And you have 4.5 billion or 4.8 billion people. You have another 3 billion coming online over the next seven years. You know, the internet's about to boom. And now with connectivity and COVID-19 making us so much more tech inclined, Look, it's just going to grow. This mm. is just going to boom. You know, we're not even at the, I think we haven't even really infiltrated the internet mm. properly yet, you know? You know, there's, there's yeah. one more thing. I think we have to start uh, closing, closing down on this, but I think I often speak about survival mode, obviously. And I think that there's a, there's a time for survival mode. And maybe many organizations or many small businesses are also thinking it's a all or nothing kind of thing where we've seen many businesses pivot in this time to sell masks and uh, PPE, like 
equipment, you know. Will they sell that forever moving forward? Maybe not because no. I, the market ends up dying down. And they go back to their core business, but they've done yeah. exactly that. They've changed. They've used their core expertise to do something else. But I want to tell people that I also think it's okay that if you are, you know, you are trekking in the, in the wilderness and you are on your way somewhere and it gets dark and it gets cold. It's okay to set up 10 for the night and just be warm and go and find food and go find water. And once the, Dawn rises again the next day once uh, the sun comes up to start heading back to the to where you were, you know. So it doesn't mean that your entire life has to change. But uh, yeah, uh, you get where I'm going with that. Look, I love it. Um, yeah. A pizza, a pizza shop in New York use their ovens to create uh, molds for plastic masks, mm. and they will go back to pizza. Yeah. Um, and uh, Dylan Jerry, our guest on our wartime CEO, has changed his expo stand business to building home office desks mm. because that's going to grow now, right? So, mm. And you'll go back to expos. Yeah. So it's just that adaptability of creating new income streams and thinking past and bigger. Mm. And so you wouldn't be then worried about your SME business. You'll be excited about building new opportunities for yourself. Mm. And then when you go back and we were speaking off air, the normality of the world, because yes, at the ultimately we are human beings and our human nature is connectivity and socializing and seeing each other and interacting. And so we will go back to that, but you would have developed three, four new income streams that could mm. possibly be more much profitable, much less issues and hassles. And ultimately, what do you want to be doing? You want to have time with your family. You want to be chilling and thinking about life while money is being made for you. Why not? So the whole mm. concept of, you know, I call it the, the old Portuguese um, sort of mindset that Epa, I must work 18 hours a day. If I'm not working 18 hours a day, I'm, I'm not successful. Mm. You know, Greeks are similar. And look, I've got very good Portuguese and Greek friends. So I've seen it firsthand is Greeks have to be stressing. Mm. If they're not stressing, they don't deserve money. Mm. Portuguese have to be working hard. And these are old ideologies. And so SMEs need to break away from the philosophy of what an SME is to build something new and become multi-adaptive in the world. Continuing having that type of SME business, not really throwing it out, but I eventually, once you start realizing the new world, you won't want that. Mm. You know, it's too small in mm. the way it thinks. Dude, I, I love it. And I think, you know, it's been an interesting journey for us to be on. And uh, it, it's, it's also experimenting and it's kind of seeing where do we best utilize new technology <laughs> yeah. and new ways and yeah. becoming comfortable with like things maybe not working out, but then keep iterating on it. But I think what's been really powerful for us has been also just getting more clarity around who we are. Now, I really want to encourage people to do that for themselves, to spend time not only in the performance component, iterating, tweaking, optimizing, hacking away, but to take some time to step back and actually think about yourself and your own attachments and your future and how you actually, like, if this is an opportunity for organizations to reset, it's also an opportunity for individuals to reset. So use this time to do that and uh, mm, go check out the second point. best uh, course, human uh, future preparedness <laughs> on uh, uh, the John is launching because uh, <laughs> oh uh, uh, closing thoughts. Look, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've lost train of thought now, but um, yeah, look, uh, um, this is an ongoing discussion. And I think somebody yeah. said it uh, in the second best course called Think Week uh, <laughs> while we're there. Um, 
No, let's stop. Let's stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Um, they're both equally good. Only one's 1% better than the other. Not totally better, but just a little bit better. No, so um, somebody said in Think Week, um, I love watching you and John um, experiment. And I think, I don't know who it was. Well, somebody said, mm. and I laughed to myself because mm. it is, you know, we did experiment. We went to Patreon. And mm. no, 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 no. So come back, come back. And then we were like, okay, what time see you? Okay, no, that's just short period. Okay, mm. now, okay, now mm. what are we going to do? So I think it's also in that experimentation, you know, and you need to have that sort of freedom in it. And ultimately, the time we're in right now requires us to need less. And now that we're in the process of needing less, we have more freedom. Mm. And I think us coming out of this will even fast track the sort of minimalistic life when we start prioritizing the most important things in our lives. And I, mm. and I hope the whole world wakes up to this need, to this concept that you don't need a lot. You need less, just more love and more yeah. family time. You know, that's kind of where it's at. Listen, I think we should also pin that for the next episode. Let's talk about needing less in the next episode. Needing less. Look, needing less. Wait, wait. Uh, wanting more using less. Mm. It's almost like you, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, and that's a great concept. Yes. We must talk about that. Is yeah. that it's not about wanting less. It's about prioritizing what you want and actually using less to create it. And mm. so, yeah, I think, I think the next episode should be called dematerialization. Let's do it. I'm making a note. Great. Brother. Good as Thanks, always. Guys. Thank you. And yes, uh, thank to you so everyone much. listening, uh, thank you. Please make sure to uh, check out our backlog of episodes. The expansive.com is also live. So, all of our episodes are going on to there. Uh, you can also find some of the books that John has written, some of the ebooks that I've written, John's keynotes, uh, a ton of stuff on there. So go check it out. Yeah. And if you feel so inclined, uh, leave us a, a small little review on iTunes. Thank you no, very much. A big, a big a, review. A big review. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> ciao, ciao.